Hello. My name is Harold Hoffe, and I'm here at Wising Art Centre. Um, been recording uh, a series of conversations with uh, different people related to Wising Art Centre. Um, and this is very much framed by the 30th anniversary of Wising. Today, I'm really excited and privileged to be talking to Taylor Lamel. Hello, Taylor. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, uh, on a very busy day, uh, you're here at Wising and there's other stuff kind of going on, but taking some time out just to have this kind of conversation. Um, really, the idea of this is to kind of create a series of kind of um, uh, conversations that will feed into a podcast that I think will just give different impressions of people's perspectives and experiences mm. of uh, being at Wising and working with Wising. Mm. Um, and I have a few questions that are sort of just used to kind of frame the conversation a little bit. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the first question. Yeah. Uh, I'd like you to talk about or describe your first night at Wising, staying on site. Yeah. Um, I felt, I fe- actually felt really relieved. Um, I think that, well, two things. When I, um, when I applied for the, the residency, it was actually around this time last year that I, maybe it was a, a few, like mid-February when I came up last year. So the, the weather was quite similar. It was kind of coldish to chilly, maybe um, suggesting that it was going to warm up soon. Um, there were little tiny things like starting to grow. Um, I remember being quite like really nervous before I, I came. Um, I have a friend who was actually at the same time going away to a residency that was like a year in another country, like quite far away. And I just kept talking to that person about how nervous I was about going to Wising, which sounds a bit ridiculous because it's like an hour away and I can clearly go back to London, like if I had to or whatever. And also I'm not from London, I'm already away. So I don't know why I had all this fear basically. Um, so I was really nervous when I showed up, but then when I came, I felt, I just instantly felt really relieved. And I think that was for two reasons. One is that, you know, you spoke about being busy in the introduction. And one of the things that I was really at that point looking to try to figure out a way to do is to not be so busy. Um, I feel like that's something that I have or had have, um, still in the process of undoing, but had kind of taken on as like a necessary aspect of this profession, like being a curator, slash writer, slash, 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 all these slashes that we wear, right? Um, so actually, just immediately coming here and it being relatively quiet, um, I was like, oh, I think I can actually, this could actually be the space where I can figure out what is the pace that I want to go at? Do you know what I mean? Like when you're just in a place where actually the pit, the environmental pace around around you is much slower. Um, and so that was something that immediately set in with me. So I was really excited. Um, I also realized in that moment, kind of the, so the, the second thing, I also realized in that moment how much of my kind of ability to just plug in and be comfortable here was kind of predicated on... Um, I guess previous experiences of being in like rural areas in other places that I've lived. Um, and that's been a much sort of like larger kind of portion of my life than living in a city before London, right? Um, and so actually some of the things that I was, um, expecting 
in terms of, you know, maybe I was expecting to feel really lonely or I was expecting to feel really bored or like all of, all of these things that you might like, um, that you might archetypally feel as like a quote unquote city person going to the countryside. Um, none of that actually felt relevant. And, and I think that was because I was able to, um, I guess kind of connect back to, or like realize the, realize what had been imprinted in me, right? Prior to wising from like things that I already had experienced and very much quite enjoyed. So basically the first night I was here, I I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, you love the countryside. This is gonna be fine. Basically. Were you staying on your own or were you with a bunch of people? Yeah, yeah so I was um, I was in the live work flat. Um, I was, I think I was the only person who was here for that long. There were a few people on like shorter kind of, um, you know, shorter kind of one week or a, f a few day type things. Um, there's a, there was a program, someone was here for a week, and then there was, you know, a couple people here for a few days here and there with the various projects that, you know, Wising supports throughout the year. But in terms of being on the kind of like residency here all the time, yeah, I was the only person here. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm interested sort of as well in, because, yeah, you were quite here for quite a long time, mm -hmm. I think. Is that right? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I was here off and on for most of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I how, kept trying to find excuses to come back, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. So how did that experience kind of change in, in terms of, I mean, obviously you got, you're getting to know the place more and more, but... Yeah. Um, um, well, I think in the beginning, like, the in the beginning portion, again, I think the, the thing that I didn't plan or didn't have control over in the fact that I was the only person here really dovetailed quite nicely with my personal goal of trying to find some solitude and some calm and some, like, a way to kind of re-enter my relationship with um, a profession that I don't want to make me super busy and crazy and tired and uh, overworked and underpaid and blah, blah, and all these things that are um, a pervasive uh, sort of character of the profession. Um, so that was really nice. And I think actually as, we, as I moved closer um, to the exhibition that obviously changed quite a bit because then there was like a thing to do. And I mean, also to the events that I did in May, right? So actually, I think um, May, uh, when I did the, the three residency um, events was actually really busy. Um, so yeah, there were definitely ebbs and flows in that. I think that I actually, to be honest, really tried to not, um, I think it might be, uh, I'm not sure if this is really answering your question, so redirect me if I'm going off on a tangent. But um, I think it might be... There was something about being a, a curator in residence where I actually felt like I really had to, or I wanted to kind of like set a boundary for myself and remind myself that actually I don't work at Wising, right? Um, and I think in order to kind of like um, do the do the thing of like using the residency to kind of like enrich enrich my practice, right? Which I feel like is the sort of the assumption of what a residency is for, basically. Um, I actually tried really hard to not just let myself kind of slip back into a mode that actually at that point I was quite good at, which is just like thinking of myself as like an institutional curator or something like that, right? Um, so I think that was definitely like a negotiation, obviously, like within myself in terms of how that then uh, played out as as we, like I said, kind of move closer to this, like the 
the final big thing or whatever of doing the of doing the show. So yeah. Super. Yeah. Um so the next question <laughs> is um and this is one that I I, I came up with because often I sort of struggle with articulating my experiences here. But yeah, how would you describe wising to somebody who'd maybe never heard of it or has never visited? Mm. Well, I feel like I did do a fair amount of this actually during the exhibition and the events because people would be asking me, what is this place? Um, and I would always start by talking about the farmhouse. And um, now I'm worried that I might have been making a lot of stuff up. But <laughs> basically, I, w- I would describe um, kind of the farmhouse and thinking about that actually as the kind of central sort of um, aspect or function of of Wising, which is to kind of house artists, and then talking about the studios, um, where there are artists who kind of have a regular uh, kind of tenancy here, in addition to uh, folks that come up here for like specified durations. Um, I would talk about the the different buildings. I mean, I think it's actually really interesting just to kind of look at Wising and see the many different types of buildings that are here, that like literally the structures. Um, so the difference between how the farmhouse looks in the new block and the new block and the, um, uh, and the gallery and then how the gallery looks to, um, Amphis. And, and then actually, if you walk a little bit further back from Amphis and see all of the, um, kind of structures and installations that people have installed kind of on the grounds, land art. Um, I used to really enjoy uh, very nerdily saying land art to people. Um, I don't don't know why. Um, I think it's because like Americans really love land art. I think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a whole nother question. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tangent. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so I I I definitely would always start by kind of just like talking to, talking about the structures that are here, the buildings that are available here. Um, but then also in terms of the program, yeah, I would say okay, they do they do exhibitions. Um, uh, I don't. I think that one of the things that to me seems really distinct about Wising uh, from other institutions that I've had experience with is um, I've been in lots of institutions where the central kind of um or the hierarchy let's say as such in the program is that the exhibition and the needs of actually doing an exhibition are tantamount to everything else and everything else that happens in that in that institution maybe either feeds the exhibition or springs out from it whereas i actually i I kind of feel like at wising there the thing that is in this in the center is the it's not the exhibitions i don't think um which I think allows them to kind of be their own thing in some nice ways. Um, but actually is this like kind of idea of sort of hosting people in various ways. So whether that's like um, Lucy doing an education program or like some of these longer residencies or things like that. Um, but then I've also seen and kind of realized the more that I've been here, how much of Wising is about um, the kind of the workshops and the uh I don't want to use the word pedagogy too loosely, but yeah, like maybe the, also the, the kind of pedagogical aspects of what Wising supports, like syllabus and things like that. So, and then just kind of letting people do their own thing and and figure out and and figure out sort of what it is that they want to be doing. Um, I, I think that that's actually something that um, 
maybe that's the reason why Wisin is really hard to describe because I would actually say if I had to if I had to actually place something in the middle it would be that kind of like that porosity or that kind of just willingness to just sort of mm-hmm. um, respond and be a blank slate and just let certain things kind of mm-hmm. stick to it mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah there's that sense of hosting that you used I thought yeah. which was quite interesting in terms of it being I mean I can overuse the word platform but like sort of facilitating a, a number of like processes and and it being but yeah you're right I mean in terms of that relationship you know when you talk about institutions it's you can talk very much about like the exhibition program as a sort of tangible thing but I think yeah what often makes it difficult here is that it's the various strands of research and learning mm. and dialogue and conversation that are kind of um not framed necessarily around like clear outputs mm. um, but and it always seems like the outputs are a sort of in a way a sort of on a continuum with kind of conversations like I think in terms of sound yeah because it's like, like how do you how do you I think the central um to my my opinion of the the central not necessarily problem but central question um, of Wising is like, how do you respond to what people need? If you kind of put yourself forward as a place or a space where you're going to host people, um, I feel like part of hosting is is uh, figuring out what that guest needs, right? And I think actually like the the and then again, if you if you want to be a place that um, hosts many different types of people, practices, things like that, then actually like you've got to be pretty dexterous. You for know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, it's good. Okay. Um, this next question is sort of based on... Um, so the artist Ruth Beale instigated a project in the farmhouse where um, uh, people who stayed in the farmhouse or, or on residencies are invited to leave a book or a publication um, for future visitors. So there's a kind of sort of informal kind of sort of library or resource that's kind of being created. Mm. Um, and uh, I just wondered if you could talk about what you would or have left um, mm. as as part of that project. Yeah, I, um, I left two books here. I tried to leave things that I really would want to read. I, I think that... Um, yeah, I don't know. That that was kind of my sense in terms of just like not trying to overthink it or whatever, <clears throat> but just being like, yeah, I actually really enjoyed reading this or I really would want to read this. Um, I left a book called Emergent Strategy by Adrian Marie Brown, um, which came out uh, like a couple, maybe three years ago at this point. Um, and uh, I guess Emergent Strategy is like a concept that um, she didn't necessarily invent uh, in terms of how you kind of use, um, I guess, kind of use the idea of change and like not like think about change as something that's like a, a hindrance or a deterrent, but basically how you use change to bring about the things that you want to see in the world. And I think how she tries to kind of um, uh, talk about uh, it being possible for artists, thinkers, writers, activists to um, to do that is um, she uses like a lot of of, uh, metaphor with the, let's say the natural world, quote unquote. Um, So like imagining one's community as like a flock of birds or like imagining or using the way that mushrooms detoxify um, as a kind of analog or a metaphor as to how you might like work through something 
that you need to get rid of in order to move forward in your practice or whatever. Um, and I found that actually really fun to read here. As I said, I was like basically alone. I was walking around the footpaths, um, looking at all the, the flowers and the, the leaves. I had the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? Plant identification apps downloaded. I was taking pictures of things and, you know, being like, ah, so this is milk thistle and like having those kind of, um, really great experiences. So it, I, I felt it was actually really productive to read that here and to, to think about how like, Actually, some of that stuff could be um, a teacher for for me. So that was one thing I left. Um, and and also I had I had used um, some of the I don't remember what I used actually this moment, but I had used some of that um, in the programming that I did as well. And I think actually the idea like the the idea generally of like the quote unquote natural world became really. Um, uh, influential to me in terms of figuring out the exhibition in October as well. Just like, why is it that even we like conceptualize, like I am a person, I stop here and then nature starts like when I look at it or this kind of thing. Anyway, the second book I left was, um, uh, a compilation, um, edited by, um, a publisher, uh, called Margaret Busby, who, um, used to run a, um, or, yeah, ran a, um, a publisher called Allison and Busby, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, she recently published a, a compilation called, uh, New Daughters of Africa. And I, I left that here as well. I left that for two reasons. One, it was huge. It's like 800 pages. <laughs> And I ordered it and I, and I, um, I ordered it because I wanted to, uh, read a, a couple of specific poems that were in it. And I didn't realize from the, you know, it's like, I, I didn't look at the page count on the website when I was buying the thing. And then it's like this huge tome. And I was like, oh my God, this, I'm leaving this too. Um, so, but, but I, the reason why I got that book is, um, I think there's this other, uh, uh, thing that I think started to emerge from me while I was here. Um, again, one of the things that I really wanted that I tried to do in terms of like creating a level of slowness for myself is, uh, was like trying to do, um, trying to do research in a different way. I think research for me before that point was like, quite like a, um, maybe sort of like a frantic magpie situation, um, where maybe I would like, there would be some event or something that I had to know enough to be able to host that thing or lead that thing or drive that conversation. And I would basically just try to skim read. Um, and I actually, I think this, this is how curators are taught. Sorry, but, um, you know, to just try to like read enough to, uh, kind of be able to hold a, a particular, space or rather I feel like that's how I was taught to be a curator I don't know that all curators are taught like that um and I was really trying to like really basically just try to like finish a couple books do you know what I mean and like really have like a um yeah just yeah just see what happens when I got past page 30 basically um and I think part of that was also realizing that like oh yeah there's like so much um there's so much that has already happened. Like a lot of our, if you like, you know, once one particular curator, artist or writer in the present day, um, I, I started to feel like that, you know, there was this kind of sense of like, you know, if I, if I have all these desires of like things that I want to do, well, actually, I think that everything that I need is already available. Like I don't actually have to create a lot of knowledge 
really at all. I don't have to create any knowledge. I just feel like I want to allow myself this space to kind of get in touch with the things that already exist and, and maybe represent those and hope that those will be of use to other people. And um, I won't get into it now because we'll be here for all day. But I think actually learning about um, Margaret Busby's publishing practice in the 60s and 70s um, was was part of that in terms of being like, oh, this is this is someone who um, who the things that she's already done uh, are are so fruitful to me to even just just read on Wikipedia or even as um, as uh, someone else who um, uh, uh, um, an artist and uh, archivist called Ego Iway has also told me about is like the way that Margaret Busby continues to I'm rambling now but sorry continues to um, uh, let's say publish in a different way by like making Wikipedia pages for different um, artists and things like that. So anyway, just like the idea of like, okay, actually there there's this person who already exists, who's done everything or done a lot of things that I'm like trying to even f- find the language around like would be possible. And so, yeah, so I wanted to buy her latest book and then it was like 800 pages and I was like, I can't take this with me. So I've, <laughs> I've engaged with it. I, I knew that I would come back to Hawaii. I think I was in the farmhouse earlier today and I was like, okay, that's great. It's still here. Might go look at a couple pages again over lunch. But I thought actually that could be, there are so many different writers in that book as well that I thought that that could also be of use to um, anyone who comes to the farmhouse. But it's also like a model, a way of yeah. working that I think you sort of were interested in, in, in engaging with. And I said just to recognize that there is this other way of working. Yeah, 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 um, totally. It sits outside of some of the orthodoxies that are sort of yeah. imposed. Yeah, totally. Um, I think I think that's it. It's kind of I mean I think it's really, really rich your insight into your experiences here, and and I think um, it's something particularly about the, the length of time that you spent here and the kind of in, ongoing engagement. And I think that's also interesting the idea of a because um, often I think institutional relationships quite can be quite transactional. Mm. Um, and that that possibility of a kind of like extended ongoing conversation that you know might have pauses but yeah. we start again i think is yeah is something that there's the, there's the possibility of that i think here that yeah another places, but, totally yeah. i lived in a, i lived in the live work i lived in the farmhouse mm. i actually i lived next door to the recording studio for a couple of weeks as well so yeah i felt like i actually yeah this thing that you're saying about kind of it being a not that there weren't pauses or, or shifts in that relationship, but the relationship did actually continue for the better part of a year. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank, Thank you. you.